Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Ajanoclast. I'm your host, John A. Lancaster. For this episode, I'm going to lend you my opinion on Dr. Fauci's New York Times expose concerning his experiences working with the Trump administration. This piece came out just a few days ago, and coming from the New York Times, it's just what one could expect. Anthony Fauci providing the sizzling details of his oh-so-tumultuous and perilous misadventures while working under America's number one scapegoat, Donald Trump. Of course, the journalist constructs Fauci as some sort of mild-mannered intellectual superman, having to fend through the underhanded dealings of the big bully president in the name of truth, justice, and safety for the American people. This is an obvious bleeding heart piece, make no mistake about it. But the concerning issue with this gushing nonsense is the feigned ignorance and blatant deceit that runs amuck in this propaganda. It only takes 90 words into the article for the nonsense to start. In the second paragraph, the journalist states, quote, As the coronavirus ravaged the country, Dr. Fauci's calm counsel and commitment to hard facts endeared him to millions of Americans. But he also became a villain to millions of others. Trump supporters chanted, Fire Fauci, and the president mused openly about doing so. He was accused of inventing the virus and of being part of a secret cabal with Bill Gates and George Soros to profit from vaccines. His family received death threats. On January 21st, Appearing in the first press briefing under the Biden administration, Dr. Fauci described the liberating feeling of once again being able to quote, quote, get up here and talk about what you know, what the evidence, what the science is, and know that's it, let the science speak, unquote, unquote. All right. So now we have the relevant background information to set up and lead into Fauci's epic. The big reveal begins with Fauci discussing the problems he had with former President Trump's conduct. The conversation goes onward to the coronavirus task force and back to Trump. Then, finally, the death threats come up. And... The only questions asked about these threats were, When did the death threats start? Were you ever shot at or confused? Did they test the powder? That question was referring to a letter mailed to Fauci that was rigged to release some unknown powdered substance. Anyway, was Mr. Trump told? And finally, did you alert anyone around him? As in, hey, you're going to get me killed. And that was it. Those were all the questions asked regarding the death threats. The rest of the interview was soft-balled, fluff questions formed to make Fauci appear as some tortured savior. Now let me make this clear. I do not support the death threats to Fauci or anyone. 
I'm not happy that Fauci received those threats. I'd prefer if the rigged powder letter event never happened. And if anyone uses this episode to suggest any support of Fauci's stated misfortunes, then they are spreading falsehoods. In fact, this episode isn't even about support of anything concerning anyone or any event depicted, including reference, mentioned, etc. in the New York Times article. This podcast episode has everything to do with what I do not support. And while I do not support those who put Fauci in any danger or the particular danger itself, I also do not support the New York Times framing these events as occurrences spurred by, as Fauci put it, right-wing crazies. No, 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 there's more to this debacle than MAGA extremists trying to protect Trump's reputation. There's plenty of reasons why Fauci has received ire from a notable portion of the American public. Arguably the most notable reason is his track record of flip-flopping his positions. At first, he was not in favor of masks, saying something to the effect of, There's no need for anyone to be walking around with a mask on. And, There's unintended consequences with masks such as people keep touching their faces. Then he went pro-mask, calling for mandates, and now he's apparently calling for double masks. That's right, we went from no mask to two masks with him. He also originally said to be more concerned with influenza before going on to shide those who downplay the Rona. Downplay the Rona like how Fauci originally downplayed asymptomatic COVID carriers as drivers of the spread, before having to walk that one back too. Like how he walked back his initial support for hydroxychloroquine. That's right. Listen to this exchange. If you're a doctor listening to me right now and a patient with um, coronavirus feels like maybe they want to try that, and you're their doctor, you're not Anthony Fauci, the guy running the uh, the coronavirus task force right now, would you say, all right, we'll give it a whirl? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, particularly if people have no other option, you want to give them hope. In fact, physicians in this country, these drugs are approved drugs for other reasons. They're anti-malaria drugs. And they're drugs against certain autoimmune diseases like lupus. Physicians throughout the country can prescribe that in an off-label way, which means they can write it for something that it was not originally approved for. People do that all the time. And it really is an individual choice between the physician and his or her patient as to whether or not they want to do that. All right, Dr. Fauci, I know your time is tight. So- all right. Now compare that to the other slew of sound bites Fauci has denigrating hydroxychloroquine. And there's more evidence where this came from. I've just provided some information I pulled up from a quick Bing search. One does not need to be a sleuth or Nobel Prize caliber researcher to pull up the proof. 
I know there will be those who excuse Fauci's inconsistencies based on the rapid and ever-changing scientific consensus that he had to work with. Yet this excuses nothing. Fauci, as a medical professional of several decades, ought to have built up the capacity to exercise restraint in making sweeping public declarations. The science is never really settled. Scientific consensus could shift at any moment, as we have been shown over the past year. I would implore one to look into the fate of Ignan Semmelweis as a true and cautionary tale of settled science. Fauci repetitively made definitive statements concerning matters in his area of supposed expertise that was subject to change rapidly and did change rapidly. Instead of conveying the uncertainty of the findings, he spoke with complete assurance. Every. Single. Time. For anyone paying attention that is not under the Stockholm Syndrome of Fauci worship, this naturally breeds mistrust. If the supposed expert is likely to switch his stances, yes, stances with an S at the end, in the span of a few months, it defeats the purpose of him even being in the spotlight. The value of an expert is their ability to convey knowledge to quell uncertainty. That's one of the cornerstones of knowledge in the first place, to know what one is up against, i.e. removing the uncertainty. The failure of an expert to accomplish this easily causes resentment, as with anyone else who fails at their duty. I'm going to briefly revisit one of my previous statements, and that is Fauci's constant presence in the limelight. Arrogance tends to irritate people, and when you have your country's top immunologist, the flip-flopper, posing for magazine covers, doing all the talk shows and radio broadcasts, and having his name headline all the major media sources, he magnifies himself, which means his foibles also magnify. So not only do you have an expert who can't hold fast to one position, you have an iffy expert who boldly and unabashedly plants himself unavoidably right into the sight and earshots of every American. This particular archetype of a cocky, underperforming, high-ranking authority figure has never went over well with people. And anyone saying he's just trying to inform the public through whatever medium he can is woefully mistaken. Think about it this way. What have people been repeating for nigh on a year? Wear a mask, social distance, only go out for essentials. People are dying. That's about it. It really doesn't get much more nuanced than that. Alright, so let's break this down. Mask mandates and social distancing requirements are posted all over any store 
or venue a person goes to. If your community has a mask and social distancing law or laws, and you decide to go to a store, you will see those restrictions as plain as day. The mainstream media constantly reminds viewers that people are dying of COVID. I don't know how many of them kept a death count going. And the independent or alternative media sources have been and are busy combating the mainstream media on their fear-instilling COVID coverage. So the deadliness of COVID is in the forefront of discussion. Even if one were to ignore all the politicians harping about essentials, non-essential businesses were closed anyway. So what was Fauci's significance as a public figure again? He didn't provide any meaningful contribution to public discourse, and he didn't provide certainty for anyone. He used a pandemic as a stage to parade himself for all the world to see. I would be remiss if I didn't mention Dr. Judy Mikovitz's reference to Fauci's lust for the limelight, but unloading that whole situation would best be tackled on its own at another time. But beyond all that, the most detestable trait Fauci possesses, arguably his most hate-inspiring feature, is his nonchalant cavalier attitude towards the devastation that his suggestions caused. He has advocated for closing schools, he has advocated for lockdowns, he has railed against going back to the real normal, not this dystopian new normal BS, but the 2019-esque daily life normal. And these suggestions, recommendations, or whatever one wishes to call them, have resulted in suffering and misery. Perhaps the most Faucian response to the unemployment, spikes in domestic violence and sexual abuse of children, suicide increases, welfare dependency, and litany of mental health problems as a result of the lockdowns that Fauci himself had voiced approval of, was uttered against Rand Paul after he charged that Fauci was not the end-all in making sweeping decisions. Fauci replied, quote, I have never made myself out to be the end-all, or the only voice in this. I'm a scientist, a physician, and a public health official. I give advice according to the best scientific evidence. I don't give advice about economic things. I don't give advice about anything other than public health." Unquote. This is a falsehood. If one's advice falls into the realm of human allocation of resources, then they have gone into the realm of economics. If one is discussing the operations of a service, they are discussing economics. This is inherently true. There's no way around it. A person making a judgment about a lockdown, which concerns shutting down various services, which may result in unemployment and several individuals taking up welfare, becoming homeless, or the government further restricting price mechanisms, or redistributing tax dollars for relief, and subsequently raising taxes, or borrowing more, or inflating the dollar, 
has voiced an economic matter. Fauci, in doing this, has lent his voice to economic matters. Economic matters that have resulted in tragedy for many Americans. That's why people despise Fauci. That's why people mistrust Fauci. It's not all Trump infatuation. It's resentment of Fauci's god-awful track record as an advisor and his callous disregard for his screw-ups. That's it for this episode of the Ijonoclast. The relevant links are in the description. If you enjoyed this episode of the Ijonoclast, you can help out by sharing on social media, leaving a like, and spreading the word. More of my work can be found at my website, johnalancaster.com. There you will find my essays, spoken word poems, and curated videos on topics similar to those covered on the Ijonoclast. I have also rolled out some new merchandise, which you will be directed to on my website in the merchandise section. Thank you for listening. God bless.